Nintendo makes their next home console somehow portable with the Switch. What does this mean for the state of mobile gaming and the accessories that have come to market? I and mean, where do you even get started when you want to build a mobile game? We discuss all this and more on this week's Merge Conflict. It's a brand new week, Frank, and I could not be more excited, even though I am pretty sick, because Nintendo released a three-minute video that changed my life. It changed your life, a three-minute video? Okay, maybe it didn't change my life, but it, I got a lot of ideas sparking around the idea of mobile gaming accessories, where the future of tablet and, and you know, these new connected TV devices from Apple and Google and, and just where things are going in, in the realm of what we can do as mobile developers. That is some far reaching stuff because all I heard was they just released some product. Well, they announced some products. So if people don't know what I'm talking about yet, is that Nintendo announced in a teaser, a teaser trailer at 7 a.m., which I woke up for on YouTube. Um, Wait, you the, woke up for a teaser trailer? I did. I was so excited. Well, I had to catch the connector bus. This is really the trailer. This is a teaser. It's the teaser trailer. Well, it's a, it's a trailer for the for the Switch. Yeah. So Nintendo obviously has had some ups and downs in the in the in the console TV console you know era. I've been a Nintendo fanboy forever. And I've always been a fan of their handhelds. And if you know me, I don't really like mobile gaming very much. I'm just not a fan because even though I'm a huge casual gamer, I, I just don't like it. But the Nintendo Switch is interesting. And we're wait, not going to harp wait. too I, much. I'm sorry. We, we got to do technicals for a minute here. What's the difference between a mobile game and a casual game? Well, so... Oh, mobile gamer is like a Nintendo DS. Like you're sitting in the park and playing some Zelda or something. Yeah, so when I think of portable handhelds, I think of, yeah, exactly, like a Nintendo DS or a PSP where it's it's like a full, it's a full real game. Not, not that mobile games aren't real, but <laughs> I think of, I think of, you know, connected hardware, you know, di- like real analog input. Somewhat serious stuff. Something some, you would see a 13-year-old using, perhaps. Exactly. Now, some of those games could be smaller. They could be, you know, downloadable titles from the app store that are on those devices. But usually they're connected with multiple buttons and the real thing. I'm just not a fan of. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I I love playing little games, especially little puzzle games on my phone and such. But I never carry around a dedicated piece of hardware that I don't. Well, A, I guess I'm not really into those types of games, but B, another piece of hardware to carry around. Oh, that's just too much work. Oh, I do it all the time. I love it. Okay. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been well, Nintendo DS. You just hang on to it. Yeah, I carry around my 3DS all over the place. 3DS. Oh man, I gotta catch up. Well, yeah. So Nintendo has like in the portable handheld video game market, they have it on lock, right? Like they sell a boatload of th- DSs and 2DSs and 3DSs, and they make amazing Mario games. Mm. Um, and then when they approach mobile. With like Mario Run, for instance, like it's a very more simplified game. We talked about it. I was still pretty excited about it. I'll definitely. The time of this recording is that even out yet? I don't think so. I think it's coming out this fall. All my experience with Nintendo of late has been the Mario sticker pack on messages. Oh, genius! (laughs) Yeah, sticker packs all day. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Not quite Um, as fun as the original game. Yeah. What excites me though is that they announced this new piece of hardware that you've you've now watched the trailer, Frank. I have. I have. It's, it's called the Nintendo Switch. It's definitely a portable device. It looks like a big tablet, I guess, in its normal mode. I guess the main piece of hardware, it looks like, what, a 7-inch tablet? Are people guessing? looks like a 7-inch tablet. They haven't confirmed touchscreen support or not. I'm going to go with no. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't catch that in the video. Yeah, you never saw anyone touch the screen. 
But instead of that, what they have are two little separate controllers for the left hand and the right hand that clip onto the sides of it. Kind of like the hardware Apple showed off for the iPhone a few years back. Yeah, you kind of kind of like attach the thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's neat though, right? Yeah, you uh you have both of them have little thumb joysticks, I guess, and mm-hmm. they just clip onto the left hand and right hand side and you just hold the tablet like normal. Yeah, so it's kind of like you can take it on the go and then what's intriguing though is that even how they open the video with someone sitting at their television playing the game on the full screen because they take the little switch um I guess video screen, whatever they're calling it, they dock it into the dock. And then it becomes a TV out, essentially. And yep. they're using like a pro controller. They can they can attach those little controllers to another controller or use a pro controller <laughs> configuration. So it, it's pretty complicated, isn't it? But it, basically it's acting like a PC. Um, because let, let's set aside the docking for a second. But the fact that the bigger controllers work with it too. So it's not limited just to its own hardware. But the part that I find most interesting is, yeah, you can dock it and bring it up onto a big TV. I'm not a big gamer. I don't think I'll buy this and do that. But it makes me aspire for a future where all of our mobile devices do that, where I can just take my phone, plug it into, say, my desk, and have my big desktop monitor light up and have a proper operating system on it. Yeah, it's actually like, it would intrigue me. I actually just saw a Kickstarter about this new Android um, set-top box that runs both Android TV, which is its own, you know, Google's Android television operating system, and a full version of Android with a special mm-hmm. mouse PC configuration to turn your Android, you know, you can switch, you can switch OSs essentially. And, and I think of that as the dock, right? I dock and I, now I want to go, do I want to be in game slash content consumption mode? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to be in productivity mode? Kind of like how you use an iPad Pro, I would say. <laughs> no, that's always productivity. Always productive. But that is a great screen to be. No, it's an awesome gaming device, actually. That's why yeah. I was curious what you meant by mobile versus uh, casual gaming. I play a few action games on it. If nothing else, it's just a gorgeous screen yeah. <laughs> to see renderings on it. Is yeah. quite nice. And why I think this this is interesting to me is maybe like where other you know accessory manufacturers will go if we can get a standardized um, controller scheme is that if I'm holding a Nexus 7 or an iPad or an iPad mini, if I'm playing like Grand Theft Auto, which is totally out on iOS and Android, like you just don't have the actual input that you need to play that game. Like the I every time I have a digital joystick, like on-screen joystick, virtual, I should say virtual joystick, it just upsets me. Like it hurts it hurts they're my not terrible, but they're not that good either. I, I tried playing Doom that way, um, just kind of running around um yeah, it works. It's not that good. Don't, aren't, aren't all the kids trained on Minecraft? Don't they know how to use them? Or, or maybe we're just holding out here? Maybe. I'm, I'm assuming that Minecraft Mobile probably revolutionizes that in some way. <laughs> or perhaps. it's terrible and the poor kids just adapt. And learn. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's like there's been other accessories, right? So, like, I love the idea of the Nintendo Switch of taking this could be portable, could be at home. Could be like, hey, Frank, I'm coming over and bringing my Switch and we can, you know, multiplayer in the park that or something. That seems weird, but I guess if you're in the right age group. Yeah, maybe. Millennials. Are, are you going to do that? Are you going to bring it over to people's houses? Maybe. Maybe Jesse's or maybe yours. I don't know. Just to show it off. I think... Just to show it off. I get that. But in an game, day, yeah. Well, maybe. It depends. Like, wh- when I used to play... We used to have, like, a Smash night where we used to play Super Smash Brothers. And this is, like, college. A little bit after college. And we would all go over someone's house and... 
we would game right for just like mm -hmm. five hours buy pizza drink soda i mean i didn't drink soda so i drink water but you know what i meant <laughs> and uh and we would just game and that's kind of gone away i mean maybe because i'm getting older and i just don't have time anymore to like oh let's go you know do a smash night or something like that mm -hmm. or people are you know settling down a little bit more so i do a little bit of online gaming but then online gaming i don't like because then there's a bunch of people swearing obscenities at me so just or <laughs> not, not even at games me. uh there's one game called journey that you can get if you have a playstation i think it's the only good multiplayer experience on the internet and by good i mean where you're not being harassed by people who are better than you i like that yeah yeah and like it's that. basically they just don't allow anyone to talk to each other that's the only way to keep it civilized exactly perfect but it seems but, like everyone's reaching for this goal we were talking about augmented reality before where you're walking around outside playing pokemon um so yeah i guess nintendo's making another go at pokemon's nintendo right whatever pokemon's <laughs> nintendo, yeah. uh they're making another go at getting people together because one of the things in the video was a bunch of kids everyone's sitting around and i keep using the word kids sorry about that but they have millennials in the video <laughs> um you get a bunch of these devices together and i guess it has like good multiplayer support built in so hopefully games will take advantage of like group play where everyone's got their own individual screen but hopefully working together combating each other yeah kind of like a LAN mode in a way right that's how we yeah. used to do LAN parties and the 3ds's their current portables have that ad hoc mode so like if Heather and I are on a plane, we could both be playing a game together. And they actually have a cool system on the 3DS, at least, and the DS is for a long time called like download play. So let's say I have a game and I want to play with you, Frank. Well, your device can download a portion of it mm. and play with me just for a short amount of time. That is crazy. Who made yeah. that? Google? Nintendo. Oh, okay. That's built into the DSs, which is kind of cool. So they kind of have that built into Android too, where you get parts of apps too, right? Parts where, of apps. Yeah. Kind of. I'm not sure. Mm, not quite for gaming though. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's kind of a cool concept of like, hey, let's go and, and do this thing and maybe meetups will evolve around it or just you're hanging out and then afterwards you bust it out. But my concern is, man, if I'm carrying around a full console and that's $300 that I'm carrying around, <laughs> that seems like a heavy, expensive piece of hardware. Well, just not when you lose the left-hand controller, then it's, you know, only worth 250 Exactly. Yeah. So there's some concerns around it. But, you what know, Nintendo's... Concerned about what, just losing things or just breaking it? Maybe both, right? Yeah. It's Nintendo, though. It's going to be rugged, right? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Maybe that's why it won't have a touchscreen. You know, it's, it's running an NVIDIA um, graphics card. They said it's like desktop powerful things i mean if you look at their tegra right i think i even read their assumptions of a tegra which would be assumptions, on yes <laughs> yeah everything's assumption based right. it would be online with the nvidia shield devices which are very powerful android gaming machines which are interesting yeah i'm sorry i just have a hard time getting interested in hardware apple's really crushed that part of me <laughs> Well, <laughs> is it fast enough how many polygons can i render per second that's basically all i want to know yeah and unfortunately we don't have that information but yeah. i think what's interesting to me is like okay so if we switch topics of like nintendo's trying to do this portable thing and be at home but then we have things like apple tv we have ipads we have iphones like is it cool that we already have these dedicated devices like is it just yeah, yet actually, another device i wanted to bring up the point when we were talking about groups getting together uh apple's had it built into ios for a long time um bluetooth mesh networking or even virtualized uh i should say like abstracted mesh networking wherever uh it'll pick the right transports between people that happen to be in the same room together things mm -hmm. like that so we've actually had the technology to build this type of software before but 
I don't know. Aside from the casual games, like the turn-based games, like I played a move in chess, now it's your turn to do a move. I haven't seen anyone take a very interesting advantage of it. But, you know, maybe Nintendo will lead the way. <laughs> maybe yeah, they could start a revolution. Start a revolution in iOS and Android gaming. <laughs> well, we all learn from each other, right? Like, yes, this is a new Nintendo device, but I think you said it in the beginning. It's, it's what can we learn from it? What perspective can we have on other things that it puts forward? All yeah. And think about. Well, and to me, it's like, okay, so is when will Apple or Google standardize on some hardware, right? So Android, <laughs> Google has come out with... Come on, who are you talking about? Apple standardized, uh, Nintendo standardized? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if you think about it, right? Like, if if Apple came out with a standard gamepad that you could use on your, you know, iPad. They kind of do for the iPhone. Do they? Yeah, if you're a hardware manufacturer, I think they can. you can sign up for their Bluetooth protocol or become a Bluetooth device or something like that. They announced it quite a few years ago. And the reason I don't know is because you just haven't seen too many of these devices actually come out. Or maybe it's even vaporware. Yeah, and I mean, the question then becomes, like, is it a good idea? Like, should it be additional hardware where it's separate from your iPhone? Should it be a dock for your iPhone? Or is or is mobile always posed to never have attached hardware? Like, is it is it... Is it is it good or is it bad that 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 mobile devices haven't evolved where it's I mean, there are dockable stations, but like I don't see them anywhere ever. Right. When I see people Mm -hmm. gaming, they're either playing Pokemon Go, they're playing some simple, you know, Candy Crush game um, or they're playing their 3DS. Like that's what I see. And what could be interesting to me is like, can our devices that we have in our hands evolve into real serious game machines? Yes, you strap it onto your head and put a little visor around yourself, and now you're in virtual reality. <laughs> is, that, is that the evolution that you think? Is that the no, no, because that no. would just look terrible on the bus. I think we're all going to be I, uh, for our mobile devices. Honestly, casual gaming is going to be around for a long time because. I, I just think about sitting on the bus and what else are you going to do while you're on the bus? Yes, you could read a book and be enlightened or you can sit there and, you know, crush gems or dig for gems or whatever you do in that game. I think I'm, everyone's going to go for the gems. Yeah. So casual gaming is going to be around. But uh, that's still, yeah, it, it's a good question. I don't know if I want to carry around controllers. Are they truly mobile? Is this Nintendo thing mobile? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we won't know until next March when I buy one. So when everyone starts carrying around controllers and showing up to our houses with them. Yeah, it's correct. And, and that's what's kind of scary about it is if I look at kind of the evolution of mobile, when I talk about like, listen, like, there are these devices, you can get attachments and play games and do this stuff today. But no one does. It kind of scares me for Nintendo in a bit. But maybe they'll break I through. I don't think so. I think they're always going to be this niche of if you like actual gaming, and you're not satisfied with gems then you're going to want something a little more serious i think there's always going to be these places for devices like this it's not come one take all i like that i like that i like that uh that insight frank it's, it's very inspiring it makes <laughs> me happy reality. there's room for everything <laughs> there's got to be innovation in the market and i think that i think that what's interesting is nintendo's doing something so different from uh both microsoft and sony when it comes to the xbox one and the playstation 4 and the psp and the vita for instance you know mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. it's not really existent anymore like 3ds crushed it um when it comes there so nintendo's been owning the the, the actual portable gaming market for a while but when when you think about so frank you've made plenty of games and i, I used to make <laughs> xbox 360 games um i didn't really make too many mobile games at all like since i've gone around to it 
but you play you've been many of many of uh, mobile more, games. more a lots of little demos and every so every once in a while i'm terrible and actually release one of my demos <laughs> well <laughs> no, so how do you true, how but. do you approach mobile development when it comes to games i'm just interested oh, in your thought process like is it, uh, it it's all about the idea in that case you need something casual something that people can pick up that they can have fun with for a short time put down because they're interrupted by something or they have to pay attention and um resume right away real quick so i tend to just think around that and that's all casual games parts of me kind of wishes i could have like full triple a rpgs on there and just you know dive into skyrim or something whenever i'm sitting on the bus but the fact of the matter is that requires like too much attention and i don't carry around that vr headset so i just don't see those games as the big winners it's the simpler games your puzzle games that kind of stuff um you always start there something that works well with the touch screen too i think yeah everyone loves a touch screen it seems like it's all about the touch screen right which does still make me wonder about that nintendo that thing seriously has no touch screen i mean i don't know i mean for me i mean what's the point of it what's the point of the controllers detaching i guess just so it's a separate tv just so you can sit back from it yeah so when you're on the go you can play multiplayer Mm -hmm. we can each have a little tiny controller a screen without touch screen it makes no sense in this age <laughs> i mean yeah well, i mean i can think down, of two reasons for it one they don't want it to be all fingered up when you're playing games and then two battery life right because there's touch input and then cost <laughs> cost and it's just cost and yeah i guess so i don't actually know the battery cost of a touch screen perhaps yeah, it's up there yeah because they have like it in the in the ds's in the ds line they have a resistive or capacitive which are the whatever one's not resistive as good as the terrible other. capacitive is good yeah so they have the resistive one in there okay. it's pretty much terrible <laughs> um because of cost right you want to keep these yeah. things down yeah. you know and it's like do, would they invest in you know gorilla glass or do they invest in gorilla glass plus touchscreen well given how much people drop these things i hope they're going the gorilla glass or actually no glass at all 100 percent plastic 100 percent plastic. yeah i'm assuming because <laughs> i gotta imagine that this thing can't be more than 350 350 there's a lot of hardware here but perhaps they're all going to be attachments you have the thing that connects to the tv you have the screen itself you have the two little controllers and then i guess there's this little uh thing that connects the two the two little controllers (laughs) and then you can buy a third bigger controller Mm, i'm seeing a bigger price tag than that yeah (laughs) at least if you want everything it'd be interesting because if you look at expensive though yeah if you look at the price of an ipad right it's like 500 bucks so (laughs) yeah uh two totally different markets i guess huh do you want a a beautiful hunk of glass or something to just play mario on yeah it's just a really dedicated it's a dedicated gaming device in a way and i mean and hopefully it can handle the brutality of mario because i was terrible at video games which just meant that i just smashed buttons in the end (laughs) so it'd be nice not to do that into a piece of glass (laughs) yeah i like that so when you approach games, do you just go for the bare metal engines that are on iOS and Android, or do you look into Unity and Unreal and all that jazz? Uh, traditionally, I just go bare metal. Uh, that's mostly because of my background, and that that's all the options that we had back in the day. And so I learned how to write games in that way. I learned to build little engines for each game. Sometimes I'd try to reuse the engines, but that never worked out. Uh, so I, I preferred the bare metal, but... These days, I'm switching a little bit. We discussed uh, in our VR episode that I've been using Unity a lot. Mm-hmm. And I guess um, 
I still prefer writing my own engines, but having someone do a lot of work for you is pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing about crafting your own engine is that you know exactly how it works, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know all its foibles, you know its limitations. If you see a bug, you usually know how to fix it, usually. Yeah, Yeah, and exactly. It's like, and you're making the engine for you. I have a friend, uh, Kyle Palver, who's an amazing indie developer. Um, He made an engine called Otter 2D. It's it's a C-sharp engine. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I think you go to otter2d.com, like otter as in the animal. Because he loves is it otters. Open source or is he selling it? I think it's open source. Yeah, it's open source on I think Bitbucket. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just free engine. It's pretty cool, but it's just for you know PC desktop. He makes Steam games, and I think what's interesting about that is like he made the engine for him, so he knows the ins and outs. And making a reusable engine is hard. Oh, it is because so. you you keep trying to think make things more and more generic. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm a, I was a little put off by uh, the engines out there like Unity and Unreal was they were so generic. You felt like you had to program every game that you wanted to do and i'm like well if i'm doing this i might as well just start it from scratch because i know how to put a triangle on the screen it's not that hard yeah and so there's that but it it does abstract a lot of the things uh something i was wondering about this nintendo device in particular was how do you handle all the controller switching because people are snapping these controllers on and off they had a scene where you're not using the two controllers in tandem but they're actually operating as two separate controllers the left hand and the right one become two separate controllers so i worry from a programmer's perspective gosh how do you handle all these controller changes yeah it'd be interesting to see if um yeah how that all works out essentially Um, Uh, maybe nintendo will do all the work for us hopefully exactly (laughs) when i got started i did a game jam about a year year and a half ago or so and uh what I wanted to do was um, create a simple game in like 24 hours. So I created this game. I think it's called, what is it called? You were just popping bubbles, essentially. Okay. And uh, you would draw lines between them. And I, I went with Coco, Coco's 2D Sharp because... That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that it was a very small engine. Mm-hmm. It was 2D, which I wanted. Um, it was still new at the time, so I was just kind of like, hmm, you know, I just want to make sure that I can I can do this. Uh, and it worked out pretty well. I mean, the hardest part, it seemed you said it was easy for you, but what was actually hard for me was... Triangle on the screen? Triangle on the screen. <laughs> was it really? There's an old joke in graphics programming. You stare at a black screen, a black screen, a black screen. The first day is all just a black screen. And then finally a triangle shows up and then you have a game. Like The rest is just easy. The moment you yeah. have one thing showing up, the rest is easy. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> why are you interested now in gaming? Are you going to program another one did the 24-hour event inspire you it inspired me i definitely wanted to release it i was like this is super cool Uh and then here's what happened um to make a real game you have to worry about like leaderboards and high score i used to have to write my own like put my own server up put all my own rest calls to maintain a leaderboard Ugh. yeah terrible i didn't like it (laughs) um i did not like it at all and because that was the number one request, I actually put it out on like hockey app and things like that to have people to test. Mm-hmm. And the first question was like, I actually had some high scores because what I liked about Coco Sharp is that it was just a C Sharp Xamarin application. So I could use my plugins, like my settings plugin and keep track of your high oh, score. Right, sure. yep. 
but there was no way to like log in. There was, you know, I, I did have a little, I had a little tutorial screen too, which was really cool. But you did this like, all in 24 hours or this is after that? This is all in 24 hours. My God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was jamming. I, I don't even think I did all of it for 24. It's not a super complex game, but like the bubbles like grew and like you as they, it out, you try to do a complete thing though. That's interesting. Yeah. And and as people got started to test it, they're like, oh, is it like going to be like high leaderboard? Like, can I log in and can I like have <laughs> I achievements? A lot of bubbles, man. I want some recognition. <laughs> exactly. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> so I, I didn't That's end up releasing it. It's on my GitHub. So you can, I mean, everyone's got leaderboard platforms out there you just have to code against them they're just not cross-platform if you're on ios there's a built-in leaderboard system it's real easy to use but if you're anywhere else like if you're actually publishing on xbox you got to use their services i don't even know what to do in sony land yeah exactly and nintendo they still won't let us program for their hardware why are we even talking about them (laughs) that's a good question like what is the opportunity i mean there was no, there's totally an, like an indie, like on the game console market. Like I think for mobile is really easy, right? Like we have the same opportunity as anybody else building games for, for or our apps for, for iOS or Android or even PC is like, you can release your game. It goes through an app review process on iOS and Android to some extent. Mm-hmm. And steam is a whole process. But when you think about the console market, there are indie games. There's super successful indie games. Yeah, but they have to go through a process. And there's levels of indie game too. Like there are indie programs where you're basically bec- Microsoft's becoming your publisher, yes. and it's a very businessy deal. And then there's a layer below that, as in easier to get into and have things published. But yeah, it gets icky the moment you want something to show up on the store for real. Yeah. I think I was actually really excited though with the latest Xbox 360, how it integrates UWP apps, because hopefully that means that if you write a Windows app, you'll get at least not first tier placement on the store, but at least second tier placement. Yeah, I think second tier. And that could be a cool win if you can start yeah, publishing UWP apps right to it. So pretty exciting. I mean, I've wanted yeah. to program for the Xbox forever. I've yeah. never worked for a proper game company, so I've never actually gotten to publish anything on it. But it's pretty great to be able to uh, actually release something that people use. Yeah, even though my game wasn't super successful on the Xbox 360, uh, it was an Xbox Live Arcade game. Um, it was still an awesome feeling to that that I can walk around and say, "Oh yeah, I published it. I had a game published on the Xbox 360." <laughs> like yeah, that's serious. a cool feeling. <laughs> um, uh, we, we can round it so you can do it on the apple tv also that's easy enough you just release an apple tv app and then playstation they must have something for indie games they have indie games i think it goes through the same process as as xbox though i don't think they have that uwp type marketplace yet um and then do you know steam they have a multi-tier system right where mm-hmm. there's like some indies are a little less indie than other indies. Is that there's right? Like, like Steam and then Steam Greenlight, I think. Yeah, I've heard people... Greenlight, but those are for pretty serious efforts, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm not a Steam master. Um, yeah. And people can can tweet at us and correct us. Of okay, how... yeah, yeah. Before we dig a hole too deep. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, okay. yeah. But there are opportunities for indies on Steam somehow. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. And then also to, to the point is if you're on a PC, you could release that same app onto the desktop too, right? There's no reason that your UWP app couldn't be on desktop. Uh, the reason is so you don't have to run your own store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's worth giving someone 30% so you don't have to run your own store. Well, you can put it in the App Store, the Microsoft App Store. Yeah, you can put desktop apps in there. I mean, I don't right? know if anyone launches that App Store, but it's there. 
Stop it. <laughs> they launch it on their Xbox 360 all the time. Yeah, that's true. It's the same as release Kalka for the Xbox 360. <laughs> yeah. You should. That'd be great. That'd be amazing. What if you actually released- built in I built an IDE for the Xbox a very long time ago. A friend of mine was working on this very interesting programming language. And for the weirdest reason, I, I just wanted to do Xbox programming and I built an IDE for his language where I had the weirdest way to input words and I used dictionaries to try to guess at words to create. And it would, <laughs> I built the worst programming experience ever for the Xbox. I could only imagine, but now you could like plug a, you could plug a mouse and a keyboard into an Xbox. It'd be pretty beefy. Yeah, it's uh, cheating. Yeah, actually, yeah. sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I like it. I'm into it. Let's do it. And you know, know. what are you going to do? Bubbles 2? Bubbles 2. Um, are you going to yeah. aspire to bigger things? <sighs> I just need time. I think Let that's the, Nintendo the problem. inspire you. You know, you, you get the device, you can play with it for a week, but then you should be inspired and write a game. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I was really inspired when I got like the Apple TV um, and mm-hmm. the Android TV systems because I thought, like, oh, this is a great new medium that's untapped. Um, and it's simplified input. I think simplified input inspires me because when i think about building something for like the nintendo switch or the xbox i'm like i do have to worry about the remote the control and what control things are plugged in and like all the different inputs which is good for as a gamer i want that but as a developer a small indie developer i'm like oh i gotta worry about all this stuff right i just want to make like a geometry wars where it's just an analog stick like that's my ideal world Okay, I'm going to agree with you, but flip it because, uh, yes, I I agree with everything you said. Uh, Simplified controls are great. I like the Apple TV controller, actually. But on the other side, I really wish Apple would release a gaming controller for the Apple TV because it's got plenty of hardware. It's so easy to write apps for it. I wish Apple would just dive in and say, fine, it's also a gaming console and support it as a first class gaming console. Because I want to play Doom and Skyrim and all that stuff on a bigger TV with a controller. Well, I think so. And it would be a super intriguing $100 box, $150 box to put under your TV. Well, that'd be great. I mm. think that that would be... And I'm shocked, that, I'm shocked that they haven't done it because it seems like they have this app store, they have this marketplace. And if they gave us standardized yeah, controllers, <laughs> it could be and an API. Sure a Bluetooth standard for controllers out there, but no one No, wants. it's not the same. Like it's Here's the difference is that if you want to go main, like full mainstream, like what has yeah. to happen, I think from Apple or from Google is that they need to ship a standard remote video game remote in the box. It has to come in the box. It can't be an extra thing like the, and the Google version and the Apple version have to use the same protocol. That's what you're saying. Uh, no, no, no. They don't have to. I mean, uh, as a developer, you don't have to worry about it. Right. As a developer, right. you this have is, an yeah, I agree with you. They need to ship a controller. They have to ship a controller like the Amazon Fire TV also has a whole game mode, but you have to That's buy an true. additional remote and. Then that means that from a developer's point of view, does your app only work with the little tiny remote? Oh, I see. Yeah, this is the old Connect argument of mm-hmm. uh, why all the 360s initially came out with Connects because the argument was uh, the old Connect was held back because no game could guarantee that people would actually have one attached to the Xbox. Exactly. But if they actually ship it in the box, you know everyone's got a, D- a D-pad at least. Yep. <laughs> so you, well, I guess they got D-pads on that controller, but yep. whatever. So that, that, that's what I think if like if there was the next round mm-hmm. that could really be the oomph, if you will, it needs to happen. I really thought it was going to happen this round. Honestly, I thought Apple was going to dive in. Yeah, it's too bad. 
it like seems five like years between rounds. It's going to be seems a like while. they're mostly diving into like they want to tip tip their toes in the water and then they what, tip their toes left and right. It's so annoying. Just yeah. go for a swim, Apple. It's not going to kill you. <laughs> You're big enough. You can handle it. And I can only imagine the 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 video game remote that they would make. Like it would be the most beautiful Johnny Ive. No, like, it wouldn't work at all. <laughs> I said I love that Apple TV remote. That's a complete lie. I hate it. The the one with the touchscreen on it? <laughs> yeah, the new one. Terrible. Oh I my god, it. if I breathe too much nearby, it, it switches the HDMI, the Apple TV takes over, and then the uh, adventure, adventure <laughs> whatever. I love it. Some terrible movies playing. I love it. Well, any final thoughts at all that you have on the state of video games and mobile and tablet and Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft? I think... We're in a bit of a renaissance right now, actually, in gaming. I think casual gaming, as much as we kind of make fun of it, everyone's doing it. I think we're all realizing that it's just fun to be able to relax a little bit. And I love that we can do it with devices that are always on us. Yeah, I like that. And I also like the idea, like you said earlier, I'll just literally repeat back what you said, that there's always going to be this place where there's an opportunity for both the casual mobile market where you just have a touch screen and you're making things on the go where you're making an experience at last 30, 40, 60 seconds in and out. And then you have this opportunity to make these really rich, engaging games. And there's always going to be that market of people that want that in, you know, engrossing experience. That's going to be a dedicated piece of hardware. And as for us as developers, there are opportunities and for the next few years in this renaissance to see what Apple and Google does will be really intriguing if they do unlock new opportunities and how these engines such as Unity, such as Unreal, such as even the Cocoa Sharps of the world can really give us a single API across all these platforms that would really make it really intriguing. You said it, man. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Little Nintendo Switch, a little bit of everything. I'm so excited. I can't wait to pre-order it whenever New I get an opportunity. It's always exciting. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, and I also just want to buy Mario Run. So I'll be into that too when it comes out on the iPhone. Yeah, so. totally. Make sure you text me and remind me when it comes out. Oh, I'm sure Twitter will be a flutter. Oh, yeah, it will be. <laughs> well, there you have it. This has been Merge Conflict. Until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.